So I might as well just go in and talk to you about all of this, yeah? Yeah, go for it, yeah. <laughs> okay, what have we got? We have Chris Wasser here. We're talking movies. Let's go for it. What's happening in terms of 2023? Is We're talking new movies on, on the way between now and Sorry, I'm just so stunned by what Keith has just done there. I've no card tricks for you, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> One's enough, I can tell you. Anyway, go on, tell me. Now we're talking on? about uh, new films yeah. on the way between uh, January and December 2023. Yeah. And uh, those include, uh, you know, the usual Oscar bait films, uh, some blockbusters, return of uh, Christopher Nolan. We'll finally get to see what... Uh, Greta Gerwig's Barbie is all about and there will be a Timothy Chalamet double bill in the form of June and a new Willy Wonka film but we'll start with um, Babylon which is Damien Chazelle's new one yes I believe so, like a big elephant does a big plop at the very beginning there's, and a, there's a big elephant in it yeah um, and at 188 minutes it's actually almost twice the length of his best film because yeah. I think everyone always says okay this is the new film from La La Land filmmaker uh, Damien Chazelle but he's made some other great things for me his, his best film was Whiplash the one where J.K. Simmons plays the drum instructor. Yeah, the drumming. Yeah, Fantastic well. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this one um, was actually released in US cinemas. Uh, La La Land was good for what it was as well. La La Land was terrific. Yeah. Great. Yeah. First yeah. Man was great. Yeah. The only reason people didn't... Uh, First Man was a bit of a, a disaster for him at the box office. Yeah. But I don't think Middle America went to see it because you remember that whole thing where Donald Trump tweeted about how this film doesn't actually feature Neil Armstrong planting the... Putting American, the American yeah. flag on the thing, yeah. Ridiculous. Uh, but this was uh, released in America uh, during the Christmas and it's off to a very slow start because... I I think the box office figures at the minute stand around $11 million. And yeah. after two or three weeks against yeah. an $80 million production budget, that's not great. It is, of course, OTT, isn't it? It is, yeah. So it's 188 minutes long. It's Damien Chazelle's uh, depiction of 1920s Hollywood when there was that transition from the talkies or from the silent films to the talkies. And uh, we have Margot Robbie playing an amalgamation of several different kind of silver screen icons. Clara Bow types. Uh, that's it, yeah, yeah, yeah Clara Bow types. Um, and she's sort of, you know, navigating the decadence and the botchery of early Hollywood. You've got yeah. Brad Pitt in there as an agent. You've got Diego Calva, Gene Smart. Tobey Maguire Olivia Wilde uh, the cast is something else but the reviews that have come in so far uh, I'll be seeing it soon uh, kind of suggest that Chazelle has done too much that there yeah, may be was seen it myself, a so two hour picture I'll here. give you 20, 20 seconds of it what about you? sorry? if you could go anywhere in the whole world where would you go? I always want to be part of something bigger I love that answer something that lasts that means something something yes. more important than life yes it's written in the stars. I am a star. It's written in the stars. I am a star. And she is Margot Robbie, but she's a Clara Boeing and everything else as she well. Is. Okay, that's Babylon. Let's keep going. Well, Chris Wasser was here looking at movies for 2023. What's next? The Whale. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm quite looking I believe it's not great, but I believe his performance is great. And everybody loves to see him back. That's the thing. It is great to see Brendan Fraser back. I'm not sure if the Brendan Fraser comeback is uh, in full motion yet because, A, this film has. You have to do George yet. of the Jungle too. What? <laughs> there was a George of the Jungle too. Oh, was there? And he, yeah. just, he, and, he just, and he just wasn't in it. <laughs> Um, but it, you know, look, we have to actually see this film for us, and it'd be great if something else comes out afterwards. And he does actually appear in a new Scorsese film, which we'll get to. Uh, but this might be a case of a great performance in a film that hasn't been all that well received, uh, because the headlines about this and the fact that it did receive that six-minute standing ovation at Venice kind of suggests that this is, you know, Brendan Fraser's critical darling. This is one of the yeah. best-reviewed films of the year. We shouldn't take these things seriously, but it currently stands at a 66% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's not the critical hit that we've been led to believe. That said, uh, I am quite looking forward to it. It's a new one from Darren Aronofsky. He gave us The Wrestler. He gave us Black Swan. It's based on a stage play by Samuel D. Hunter, who adapts his own work here. And it's about a 600-pound man who has... It, well, he's 600 pounds. He's in an awful way. He can't leave his house. Um, he became very depressed uh, and stayed at home following the death of his partner. And he actually left his wife and his young daughter to be with his partner. 
partner and as a result uh, you know their relationship is just you know it's broken and now that he knows that he probably will die very soon he kind of aims to mend those yeah. few relationships that he has in his life and Brendan Fraser is at the centre of Okay it. Brendan Fraser the whale You don't stay in touch with mom. She really only tells me things about you Why? Because that's all I want to know about Where'd you get all that weight? Someone close to me passed away and it had an effect on me you haven't seen her since she was eight years old and you're going to reconnect with her? Sorry. I don't like this. This isn't a good idea. I'm sorry. You say you're sorry one more time. I will shove a knife right into you. I swear to God. Go ahead. What's it going to do? My internal organs are two feet in at least. Yeah, that's the whale. Uh, it'll be interesting to see now. Obviously, the performance is getting great reviews. The, f- the story around it yeah. isn't, but there's also been a lot of question marks about you know the use of a prosthetic suit, uh, the portrayal of obesity in the film. So I'd say there will be an awful lot of time. I say, Dave, it'll actually be one of those films that everyone is talking about. Yeah. The box office figures won't reflect the fact that pe- many people have seen it. Okay. Um, so from uh, you know kind of uh, uh, tear-wrenching drama to uh, you know flesh-eating zombies, Evil Dead Rise is the next film on our list, uh, and I've included this because. I don't think the world necessarily needs another Evil Dead film. I don't really want to see another Evil Dead film. What number is it? Have I ever even seen one? I don't think I have. I, I can't answer for that for you now. Have, you, have, you, have three, you seen one? <laughs> I don't think so. Three, four, five, six, seven. How many are there? Uh, there's three uh, featuring Bruce Campbell originally. The, the original, you know, Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness. Then there's the then there's, there was a reboot. There was another reboot. And you also said there's a reason why you've included this way. Because it is written and directed by Dublin's Lee Cronin. Oh, uh, right. And the first film that he gave us a few years ago, Ago in 2019, uh, his feature debut was The Hole in the Ground. Oh, yeah. A very effective, very chilly um, uh, uh, folk horror with Shauna Kerslake, who's terrific. Um, and yeah, that was enough for Sam Raimi, who you know remains on board as a producer here, and Bruce Campbell, who's also involved, to kind of, when they were looking to find someone who might helm, who might kind of re- bring back the Evil Dead films, who might kind of make them frightening again, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was enough for them to think, here's our well, man. Here, I'll give you a bit. Evil Dead Rise, it's called. Yeah, Beautiful dream. It was the perfect day. And all I could think about was how much I wanted to cut you all open and then climb inside your bodies <laughs> so that we could stay one happy family. <laughs> doesn't sound like a happy family to me okay Evil Dead Rise is what it's called anymore yeah also on Evil Dead Rise I like the fact that they've taken it out of the woods and they've actually brought it into the city a strange sister is kind of reconnecting you think it's going to be a happy family reunion yeah no it's going to be good Um, how did you feel about the last Indiana Jones that was awful was that the one with Kate Blanchett yeah the one with the fridge Dave oh yeah right he puts himself in the fridge to save himself from a nuclear bomb that that was at the beginning yeah Yeah, I thought it was terrible yeah you think that would be the end of things and what you call him was right and he shouldn't have because he got into terrible trouble for giving out about it. What's his name? Oh, uh, uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yeah, the, the movie's crap and Harrison Ford went, what? You don't say that about an Indian. You're supposed to promote this thing. Yeah, You're exactly, not supposed yeah. to tell people I what you it was really... terrible. Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. it was dreadful. There was aliens and everything in it. Uh, thankfully, Steven Spielberg is, for the first time in the Indiana Jones series, uh, uh, works as a producer here and they did not go to, the studio did not go to George Lucas for a story. Instead, they went to James Mangold, who was a bit, that was a bit of a surprise for me. Um, you know, he gave us Walk the Line, Logan, uh, Le Mans 66. Um, he hasn't put a foot wrong uh, for, for, for a while now. Um, so I think we might be in capable hands. Uh, it's just the fact that we were kind of, you know, left bruised and battered from that fourth Indiana Jones film. I'm kind of wondering, what else have you got for us? 
time travel, apparently. This is called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. We've got uh, Indy, you know, and, and this time Harrison Ford does insist this is his last rodeo. Uh, we have uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge portraying his goddaughter. We've got Mads Mikkelsen, who I'll always welcome as the story's villain. I love him. Um, and I think there might be an element of time travel involved. So I'm going to approach this with And you're with, with, saying with that caution. Spielberg is producer, which means really he gets the whole thing together and green lights it and gets the money and all the rest. So he's not day-to-day telling the, actor, the actors what to do. That's no? pretty much it. Yeah, he'll be there. He'll oversee things. He sort of, yeah. you know, he kind of shares that Godfather role with George Lucas. But, you know, it's James Mangold who was working on the... I think Dan... Fogelman as well was working on the screenplay. There's an awful lot of uh, chefs in there, so hopefully it's not it's not too busy. But as I say, Mangold hasn't put a foot wrong in years. I love the Man 66. I, yeah, I, I thought I think, that was great. I think, I think this might actually. What's work. Indiana Jones called? What, what's the Indiana name? Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Uh, of course it is. Yeah. yeah. I miss the sea. And I miss waking up every morning. Okay, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. That's it, yeah. Okay, tell me about Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. The, yeah. um, well, it's Christopher Killian. Nolan's uh, uh, attempt at trying to convince us that he still has it because I, I love Nolan's work. Love his work. Oh, it sounds controversial. Where are you going? Tennis. All right, right, yeah. Hi. I must say, I must say, tennis was like, it was like, okay, what in the name of God was that about? Yeah, it was Warner Brothers <laughs> handing Christopher Nolan two hundred million dollars yeah. to make a film that they didn't understand and that I don't think even Christopher Nolan understood. Yeah. Um, I think it was just a case of him flying too close to the sun. Um, so for his next trick, we have him back in historical territory, and for me, that's probably a really good thing because I, I, I as I say, love his work, Interstellar, Inception, the Dark Knight trilogy, yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah. But his finest film by a mile is Dunkirk. And the right. fact that he took this real-life historical events that we all know what happened there, but he applied his usual tricks to so it. So you're thought, very pleased about this because this is yeah, the same thing again. I the think, guy who invented the atomic bomb. I, do, I think, yeah, it's going to be about the father of the atomic bomb. For the first time, he's going to give Killian Murphy, who starred in a supporting role in some yeah. of his films, the lead. Uh, he's got Brilliant. a great supporting cast from Florence Pugh, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., but I don't think we're going to get a Sorry, straightforward... Florence Pugh, Matt Damon, and that sounds pretty good. Fact, Matt, uh, Rami Malek is in right, there, yeah. uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Who well, I hope Rami Malek gets a better role than he did in the recent Bond movie, Mother of God. God, that was awful. Did I get that? Yeah, one? it wasn't it was great. No, no, and Amsterdam, he wasn't great in that either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, Amsterdam is bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I have for to it. say, but like you know, Taylor Swift under the bus. It's just one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. It, it, it was, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose we can't, we can totally spoil it now. Yeah, Taylor Swift. No, is, I, I just yeah. use the phrase. It doesn't yeah. mean she actually falls. Oh, the oh. film literally throws her under a bus. <laughs> okay, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, we also have Emily Blunt in there. I don't think we're going to get a straightforward uh, biopic. The fact that he shot it on IMAX, the fact that he has $100 million to work with, time plays a big element, if, uh, according to... Time always plays a, a big element in Christopher Nolan films, especially... I presume Tenet didn't make much money, did it? Or didn't it get the money back, did it? okay money uh, when you consider the fact that the world was ending around it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that they, he released it right, you know, bang smack in the middle of the pandemic. Um, I just think the fact that he was... Also, this is his first film with Paramount, I think. He, he changed studios. Oh. I just think everything he did with Tenet was a little obnoxious, was a little arrogant. The fact that he was out there proclaiming to be this saviour cinema at a time when... Maybe really he won't understand it for 40 years, though. Also, But I think uh, there were more important <laughs> things going on than Chris Nolan trying to, you know, save cinemas at the time. Uh, and I, No, actually, I've watched Tenet again. Still didn't make any sense. Well, I'd rather anything to save cinemas than hear this all the time. Bond is coming here, it's going to save cinemas. No, it isn't. Bond, a new Bond. No, all the, all the old Bonds. Oh, yeah, 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 that's true. And yeah. they waited a year or two until the cinemas opened. Yeah, and do you remember yeah. when Bond was Move the canary on. in the cave there for a while? Yeah, I do. That's the 
kept getting pushed all, know, all the yeah, time. You I were know. thinking, what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, and that turned out to be all right. Yeah, yeah. Except for Remy. <laughs> all right's not good enough. Oh, Remy was ridiculous. And so was, what do you call her, Anna Dermis or something. What was her role in it? That, was a, that felt as though it was a, a scene from a Roger Moore Bond it's film just, it's just they had no business being in too there too much committee going on ridiculous anyway I mean like go back to what do you call them um, uh, Bourne yes they should learn from Bourne Here, oh, well. anyway Oppenheimer Barbie tell me about Barbie yeah I'm really looking forward to this uh, we've got um, Margot Robbie again uh, and she this time is portraying the world's most famous fashion doll and Greta Gerwig the Lady Bird director and also who directed Sir Sharon and, uh, uh, sorry in Lady Bird and then Little Women Sir Sharon was in the both of those we have Greta Gerwig working with her partner Noah Bambuk who gave us Marriage Story in The Squid and the Whale and the first time I heard about this I thought why why are we getting a Barbie film what, 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 what's going on I know um, what it is I saw it recently in White Noise with Adam is, Driver yes, which Noah Bambuk made yeah, yeah, so they yeah. I don't uh, yeah they actually have collaborated behind the scenes did you see White Noise did you I haven't yet no yeah, not in the yeah. rush I, I, I mean it's supposed to be some unfilmable book and I must say it did come across unfilmable I kind of really enjoyed it actually okay that was kind of Adam Driver is always worth out the there yeah. Anyway, so, okay. So anyway, Barbie, go on. Sorry. Uh, Will Ferrell was talking about it recently because he portrays the CEO of Mattel, and he described this project as the ultimate example of high art meet, meets low art. Um, and we've got Ryan Gosling playing a Ken, and we've got Margot Robbie playing yeah, a Barbie. I've seen the bits. What I think we're going to get, actually, I think this film has been marketed brilliantly. You know, all those leaked photos from sets. Yeah. They're not leaked. Right. They are put out there. To is start there a the story to this? We don't know what the story is. Uh, was there a story to any Barbie before? Is it just a figurine? No, she was just a figurine. Thing? Right, That's okay. the thing. But I think what we're I think what we're going like, to there get there wasn't a Barbie magazine or anything was there? Anything? Oh, there was Barbie everything. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, mm. there was a, there was probably oh, there was animated Barbie films, but they're and easier it, to. When is Barbie even set? I've no idea. We've no idea. That's the thing. We've no idea. There is a minute and a half trailer out there, but it's basically mocking itself. It's actually a parody of 2001 The Space Odyssey. So it doesn't really give us much, which is exactly what a trailer should do. They should not give us much. They should just get us interested, excited. Um, And I I think what we're going to get is maybe a live action sort of spin. The same thing that uh, um, Christopher Miller and Phil Lord did with the Lego, with, with, with the Lego movies. I think we'll get a similar thing with Barbie where it's very self-aware, it's kind of, you know, all the characters maybe know that they're toys. I've but completely that wasn't a live-action spin, was No, it? but I think what they did with Lego, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, and, and giving us an animated version of that toy, basically, I think Greta Gerwig and Noah Bambuk are going to do a live-action kind of, like, sort of a similar thing. Right. I've probably lost you. Yeah, I think it might be good. <laughs> okay, Barbie. Oh, Barbie's very silent. Yep. Oh, here it is. <laughs> since the beginning of time, since the first little girl ever existed, There have been dolls. But the dolls were always and forever baby dolls. Until... Your dust bike. All yeah. right, that's your 2001. Okay, well, what else is there? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Next Goal Wins because uh, if you excuse Next her, Goal Wins. Next Goal Wins. Remember really? you used to say that? Oh, all the time, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, yeah. If you excuse the terrible pun, it keeps on getting kicked up the field. Really? Uh, what is it? Uh, it's Taika Waititi's new one and he is basically adapting uh, this uh, 2014 documentary uh, which told the story of uh, the American Samoa national football team that uh, in 2012, I think it was, I mean 2011 anyway, they, they were the, um, the worst, they were official when it comes to FIFA ratings the worst football team in the world is this going to be a kind of a cool runnings thing or so, something? exactly is an it? Eddie the Eagles cool running sort of thing they actually hired a coach from America named Thomas Rongan to A overcome a humiliating streak of defeats because at one stage they were beaten like 31 nothing, and then to also maybe potentially I won't spoil what happened 
you know, qualify for a World Cup. So we had this brilliant documentary which you can stream at the minute and now Taika has gone and turned it into a feature film. But it's been in, he's even said this film's been on ice for years now. We have Michael Fassbender uh, uh, playing the role of the coach. At one stage, Army Hammer was in there. The fact that this film has been on ice for so long allowed actually Taika, at one stage last year, to remove Army Hammer for reasons that we won't need to go into yeah. and to actually replace him with Will Arnett. Um, we saw the first photographs from, from uh, uh, I think Empire Magazine published a little bit about it at the, at the, at the end of last year Elizabeth Moss is also in there it's finally it finally has a release date for September I'm looking forward to seeing it Okay, let's just go back year. on this for a second. First of all, Army Hammer. Did you see the three-part documentary on Army Hammer? No, I think we I watched it. This yeah, it's, uh, should I off should I the wall? It? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because okay. it's the it's the aunt that, that that presents the whole thing. You know, yeah. like this family has been bonkers long before Army kind yeah. of stuff. Mad stuff. Isn't he said anyway. working at like a regular nine to five now? Is he holed up in Hawaii somewhere? Something, or something like something that. Off, yeah. yeah, whatever. That's very strange. Um, okay, that's the first thing. The second thing would be um, just tell me about this. Like that. It's it's was it a few years in there? life was that it a few years in the life of the Simone soccer team I think it's basically for a season for, for, for a year that uh, for, that this coach came in and was tasked with doing the impossible he right. had the worst and the ones again, I'm trying to work out I don't think they were in any World Cup I don't think they made it I don't know I'm not I don't want to no, no, no. it's kind of one of those things isn't it? it's like oh this film's based on a short and story 2011 that's yeah. a year after yeah. South Africa so it was four years before the next one that's true mm, three yeah. years before the next one yeah, you're looking into this too much Dave I must say I'll be looking forward to that Michael Fassbender yeah Yeah. Wow. he looks the part as well playing this American coach who kind of was you know a little bit no nonsense was going to actually help these players look forward play to well so it's called um, uh, Next Goal Wins Next Goal Wins yeah, right, look title. forward to that then definitely okay give us more uh, Maestro so Maestro, Maestro yeah. sees Bradley Cooper multitasking again. Um, so well, this he, is this is uh, what do you call him? Um, uh, what do you call Leonard. Leonard Bernstein. Yes, yes, yep. It's, um, fine, it's finally coming out, is it? Yep. So he is writing, he's directing, he's co-producing, and he's starring in what is probably one of the uh, uh, best cast uh, uh, films on the way. He so as I say, he's going to be playing Leonard Bernstein. We have uh, uh, Kerry Mulligan. What's the um, movie called? It's called Maestro. All oh, right. Yeah, well, great. I like Kerry Mulligan. That fits. Kerry Mulligan was terrific, and she said, "Did you watch?" I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very good. Yeah, it's a bit straightforward. It's not exactly as dramatic as, as, as all the president's men, but hey, who cares? Yeah, I wish more people had gone to see it. Uh, mm. But she is playing the role of Leonard's adoring wife, the actress Felicia Montalegre. Uh, we've got Jeremy Strong in there from Succession. We've got Maya from Hall. Tar. Uh, from Tar. Have you seen Tar? Yeah. Terrific. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, she'll definitely win the Oscar. She Kate, will. Kate Blanchett. No there question. is nobody else. In, yeah. in, in I the, thought there's the, a the scene. She goes too quickly into complete over the topness very quickly. That was uh, that was too quick. It was about when five she's, seconds. When, oh, when she's when conducting, she, or when yeah. she runs up to a man and pushes. Yeah, oh, anyway, can't talk about the end. Sorry, <laughs> that's not the end. My God, that's not nearly the end. But it's just like, whoa, that was a bit fast. That was yeah. Actually, I, I that that made me yeah sit up straight. It's it's very anyway. it's a very long film. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, we won't go into the first uh, the first twenty five minutes is hilarious. It's just two scenes of just her talking. It's fantastic. Yeah, her being it's interviewed by the guy who, the, a public the, the, interview the famous guy yeah. yeah and Leonard actually features you know Leonard Bernstein kind of hangs over the, the oh uh, big time Overtire, and yeah. is mentioned yeah, yeah. Um, but sorry this Maestro film we have Maya Hawke we have Matt Bowen we've got Sarah Silverman Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese produce that is a dream wow. team okay I'm looking forward to that okay very quickly give us one or t- one more maybe one mention uh, uh, Scorsese so let's go with Killers of the Flower Moon so yeah Killers is, of the Flower Moon yeah it's yeah. new Scorsese it's based on uh, a book by a non-fiction book by, uh, by David Grant called Killers of the Flower Moon the Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI so it tells of a series of murders that occurred in 1920s Oklahoma and how the FBI young J. Edgar Hoover came in with a former Texas Ranger play, um, named Tom Weiss he'll be played by Jesse Plemons and they were investigating a series of murders after oil was discovered on Native American land and the two 
two bad guys who are being investigated are portrayed by Robert De Niro and Leonardo DiCaprio. Holy cow. Leo okay, Killers of the Flower so Moon is the one. So yeah. Chris Wasser, come on yourself, Chris. Thank you very much indeed. Yes. Uh, arts journalist Chris Wasser. That is just in five seconds, what's God's Creatures? God's Creatures is a new Irish drama. Paul Mescal and Emily Watson is in there. It still hasn't got a release date, but it is yeah. one of the uh, dramas that I'm excited about seeing this year. Chris, come on. Here's Killers of the Flower Moon. Dave Fanning on 2FM.